And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you as a courtesy from our Patreon supporters. They support the show so you don't have to listen to commercials other than maybe some of that amazing um, that amazing travel agent. What was his name? Uh, Justin, over and away with me travel. Of course, of course we need to talk about him a little bit. But other than that, you're not getting any commercials, guys. And that's because of those guys. Now listen, I might be a little biased here, but when I say that they support the show, they also get free content and a lot of shenanigans happens over on the Patreon side. And when I say, eh, we have some fun, Guys, I mean, we have a lot of fun, so maybe consider joining them. If not, let's give them at least a round of applause and say thank you for a commercial-free, amazing show. Round one was over. (laughs) Parents won. Kids, sip. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep! Gentlemen, start your engines! To infinity and beyond! There's a touch of madness around here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Disney Dads Podcast, a show that's a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. My name is Skipper Justin, and tonight I am joined by three other skippers that are going to take me down the river on this amazing journey that is the Jungle Cruise. I am joined, of course, by Skipper Dave, Skipper Mike, and tonight from the Beyond the Mouse Podcast from the Front Row Network, the amazing Skipper Craig McFarland. Craig, what's up, man? Not much. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited about this. You know, I've been listening to this show for what, four years now you've been going on and it's just great to be on. Dude, I'm so excited. It's been a long time coming and uh, I am, we couldn't think of anyone better to have on for this episode because you are the movie man. Whenever I think of like Disney movies and stuff like that, I always straight away go to you. So I'm super excited to have you on brother. Uh, Dave, how are things down in Florida? You were in the parks today. I saw you ran into Joe. Yeah, I was out and about, and Joe's here uh, on a little bit of a vacation, and I had a few moments, and we caught up and got a, ourselves a castle pick, and, you know, all the essentials. So, I mean, I can't have another Disney dad in one of the theme parks and me not say hi. Did you did you plan it, or did he run into you? No, I actually had um, a little bit of a loosey-goosey itinerary day um, that had some uh, extra time around the edges on a, on a couple of things for me and organ and sent him a text and went, where exactly are you standing right now? And we went to find him. Nice. Very nice. Very, very cool. Uh, Mike, how are things up North dude? Good. Uh, first day back to work after a long vacation, you know, the kind of mayhem and madness that brings. So, uh, I wasn't too excited for today, but I was excited for tonight because during my vacation, I got to watch the movie that we're talking about tonight and, uh, I'm super excited to talk about it. And uh, other than that, it's kind of back to the grind and, you know, Sarah leaves for college soon. So I'm kind of, um, putting a slow, you know, putting, pumping the brakes on the days, hoping they don't go by so quick because, uh, we're going to be bringing her off to school soon. So, uh, definitely a lot going on in our household and, uh, you know, we'll take it day by day. Do you think you'll cry? Um, no. Really? No. She needs to go. Oh, I'll... <laughs> <laughs> no. 
I'll boohoo, man. When no, Riley well, leaves. you know what it is? Because she, she's she's at that age uh, where it's Justin's gonna cry for like a week leading up to it. Let's be honest. I'll cry for fourth grade just yeah. until Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. She no, it's 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 to the point where it's uh, mom, do this for me. Dad, what are you making for dinner? Mom, what are you doing? And I'm like, you know what? You really need to get out there and see what it's like to kind of do stuff on your own. So uh, there's gonna be a rude awakening. I really do feel bad for some of the people she's gonna be rooming with because um. She's got a lot of experience to uh, to partake in, so I, I think it's a good experience for her to kind of get out there. Sammy, on the other hand, could run an entire household. You know, she cooks, she cleans, she does everything. Sarah is kind of the dependent on us one, so I'm kind of looking forward to her getting out there and uh, kind of experiencing what it's like to be on her own. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, it'll be fun to keep up with over the next couple of years. That's for sure. I'm sure you'll come to the show with some stories. Uh, well, guys, you know, we were uh, about tonight's episode. We are going to dive into the movie side of Disney. You know, when we kind of rebranded the show, one thing we wanted to do was we wanted to talk about Disney movies, uh, not just about the parks. And of course, the great Jungle Cruise that was released not too long ago has come to both theaters and Disney+. Plus. Uh, I, of course, watched it on Disney+, Plus in the uh, middle of my living room, which I wholeheartedly enjoyed. But before we dive into the Jungle Cruise, which let me tell everyone right now, this will be a spoiler latent show. There will be spoilers left, right, up, down, every which way you look. So if you have not seen The Jungle Cruise, this may be a show to put off until you have. Go rent it right now on Disney Plus or get those movie tickets, take the family and enjoy an evening out because we are going to get into the storyline, our opinions uh, of this amazing film. But before we do that, Craig, I want to talk to you a little bit. This is not Disney's first rodeo with taking an attraction from inside the parks and turning it into either a blockbuster hit or maybe a failure uh, at the at the movies. Uh, let's chat a little bit about the history of Disney parks with making these movies from the attractions. Uh, and I want to start with one of the failures uh, really quickly, and that is the Haunted Mansion. Uh, should have been, I think, a home run, one of the most iconic attractions in every Disney park that you visit. Uh, for me, this was a huge bust, and maybe Disney's, one of their first attempts to make a movie based on an attraction, uh, maybe was almost like trying to learn a new skill, and they're just getting their feet wet a little bit. What were your opinion? You know, when we did that show, um, when we did that movie on our show, we actually uh, did it with our other host that does the show Guilty Pleasures for us. And there's really nothing pleasurable about that movie, but we decided we couldn't really just put it on our feed. Um, and, you know, what's about that film is that you think that you want to get into the mansion right away. And really, they only take about 15 or 20 minutes to get you to the mansion. But it feels like an hour and a half yeah. getting you through like this odd real estate story. You've got Eddie Murphy, who should just crush it, but doesn't for some reason. It just really phones it in. And the, the storyline, it just never really got the lore and the appeal of the mansion. It was just, it just didn't, they tried to bring in some of the characters, you know, from the ride and the attraction, but truly the screenwriting was just all over the place. And it just was not a great film, unfortunately, which is sad because like you said, in most iconic Disney park attraction, when you were on our uh, WDW bracket challenge, mm -hmm. it actually won our bracket challenge as the best attraction at Walt Disney World. And, you know, I think that people expected so much more than what they got out of it. Yeah, it was one of those things. I think this is Disney's, uh, to, to put it in a golf analogy, because I love playing golf, this is Disney's six-foot putt they missed. They should have absolutely, like, nailed this one. And then I'm hoping if they do it a second time around, 
that it'll just be an easy little tap in. You know, like they'll just be able to do it. Dave's looking at me like, why do you do sports analogies? You know I don't, I don't understand get sports analogies. Sports. Why, uh, why would you do that to me? Now i got to go and research. <laughs> Dave, what's your opinion on Did you ever see Haunted Mansion, the original? Oh, yeah. Terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. Just, there's no word for it. There's just, like, it's not... It's not appealing. It it could have been really funny, as you said, Eddie Murphy. Eddie, 2003 Eddie Murphy was at the top of his game. Everything he was touching was turning to gold, and that was terrible. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Mike, just, did you ever see it? I have seen it, and I think we've talked about it before. I was not a fan of it. Uh, very easy. They threw him a softball. Could have been really good to hit it out of the park, but they kind of failed. And uh, not a big fan of that. So I was a little skeptical with this, but I'm, I'm excited. Okay, so this one I'm really, when we start talking about doing this before we dive into the show, I'm really excited to get Craig's opinion. Because this, if you talk to some people, was a complete bust. And you talk to others and they loved it. This isn't so much an attraction, but a land. George Clooney in Tomorrowland. So here's the deal. That's actually one of my uh, really underrated films of the entire uh, Disney dumb, really, because I liked the uh, amazing optimism that that showed for the future. Mm -hmm. I also loved the glimpses of Tomorrowland. And I think that what they were doing, Brad Bird was probably setting up sort of a franchise, right? You don't get George Clooney, you don't sign him to a one picture deal. And so what they were doing was allowing you to see glimpses of what we could have seen in the future. But of course, it was a bit of a box office flop. And so not a lot of people have seen it. It's actually coming to Disney Plus uh, in September. I noticed that. So if you've never seen that movie, I do recommend it because it's got this, just again, this optimistic spirit that I think any of us could use at any time, but especially right now, go and check out this film. I really loved Tomorrowland and actually, you know, not, I promise I'm not plugging our show over and over again. No, we plug away. Tomorrowland uh, because we had a difference of opinion amongst our hosts, uh, Brett, who's one of my hosts, who, again, is a hopeless optimist all mm -hmm. the time, couldn't stand the movie. Um, so we did have a bit of a difference of opinion there, even with, uh, within our show. I, first off, you're right. I love Brett. He's so uh, he's so great. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I don't understand where people said that it was absolutely terrible. Like, the storyline for me, was it a little weird at times? Yes. But I don't think it was meant to be this epic film. I think it was meant to be a fun watch that you can relax and have a good time with. And like you said, the optimism in the movie, I think it just it emulates what Walt Disney or we believe Walt Disney is the person. It puts it on film, you know, through the through the uh, 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 George Clooney, his acting, the storyline. I love the way it starts, you know, on uh, at the World's Fair. You know, doing that. It's it's fantastic. Dave, you're agreeing? Oh, one hundred percent. Um, I think I think that I feel like people that didn't enjoy it were expecting to go and see one that I assume is we're about to talk about, um, another movie. <laughs> um a and for for them to absolutely knock it out of the park. And and they felt that it was either going to be, sorry to steal your thunder, but it was going to be either a pirate's or a haunted mansion. It was going to go one mm -hmm. way or the other. And when they couldn't, and when it didn't get to the level they wanted it to be at, they just went, oh, it's another haunted mansion and threw it aside. But I loved it. Um, I mean, it as you just said, it wasn't meant to be this serious blockbuster 
uh, inc- uh, type movie. I mean, Hugh Laurie as the villain was incredible. I love it. I love it. Absolutely amazing. I'm a big fan of Hugh Laurie out of out of the gate, but um, so it was, I was always going to love that part. But yeah, they and uh, at, to Craig's point, they I think they were trying to maybe set the foundations of what could have been a franchise. And then it just got panned, and I love it. Going off topic for a second, uh, did you all watch uh, Avenue 5? Is that what it was? Avenue Hugh Laurie's show on HBO? This is not a family-friendly show, so if you're looking (laughs) for something to watch with the kids, do not watch this one. Uh, Did you watch that, Craig? I did. I saw bits and pieces of it. Uh, Josh Gad. Yeah, Josh Gad's in it. He plays like the billionaire or trillionaire owner of Avenue 5, like the the, uh, spaceship. Hugh Laurie is amazing. If you are a fan, if you like Hugh Laurie, you need to go back and watch Blackadder, um, which was a British TV show um, with Rowan Atkinson. And uh, Hugh Laurie was the sidekick. And then Hugh Laurie did basically a, um, a show of, um, of skits with Stephen Fry called Laurie and Fry. And both of those, um, from a British TV point of view, they were kind of that post-Pythonic comedic element coming out of England. And if you're a fan of Python or any of that style of comedy, you definitely need to go back and do some more uh, watching of some Stephen Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie. And so many people pan it for that last, like, exposition Mm -hmm. that Laurie has, kind of explaining his his devious plot, right? But again, I, I think that people maybe wanted something a little bit different. They wanted to see the land more. I totally agree with you there, Dave. And, you know, also, I think that maybe as Disney fans, you mentioned the World Fair, Justin. I think give me a Saving Mr. Banks style movie yes. about the 1964 World's Fair. Make it Tom Hanks again. I'm fine with that. <laughs> and, you know, I think that that would be something that would also really satisfy fans quite a bit. Oh, Oh, 100%. Um, also, of course, 101 Dalmatians, Hugh Laurie, fantastic. And House. Everyone knows oh, him from of course. House. Uh, Mike, did you ever see Tomorrowland? I didn't. And uh, it was one of those things that I wanted to see. Now that I know it's coming out on Disney Plus in September, I'll give it a shot. At least I know, kind of hearing your guys' review on this, I kind of know what to expect. So uh, mm-hmm. I'll definitely check it out. It's definitely one that will be on my list. All right, so we're going to move to uh, the one before we'll get into John Cruise. We're skipping over a few. We're going to skip over Country Bears. I think it only needs that uh, to say we're skipping over it, as should you, okay? Because as bad as Haunted Mansion is, Country Bears is horrendous. It is a terrible, terrible movie. Does anyone disagree with me before we move on? I don't disagree with you, but I think I need to turn in my Disney card. I've got to tell you, I don't get the appeal of Jungle Cruise, period. I'm sorry. Jungle Cruise? It's, somebody, I, it's some, uh, not Jungle Cruise. My apologies. Country Bears. Oh, I don't I really say. get the appeal. I was about why to say, you, why, why is he here? I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> and my bad. shows up. Good. <laughs> I don't get the appeal of Country Bears, period. So I I, I don't know. I, I get that some people have to do it every single saddle. trip. Um I don't know that I've ever walked in that theater. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm really? sorry. I haven't either still. I'm sorry. Really? Yeah. We've talked okay. about that before. I haven't done it yet once. Nope. I, I Don't get me wrong. I'm, I sort of understand where you're I mean, coming it's from, fine. Craig. Because I, I, it's weird. Mike and I are riding big thunder while you were all waiting in that It's weird, but theater. it's funny. You should go and do it. Okay. All right. Okay. Just once. Just to say you have. I think it's, I think it's the same as doing like Tiki Room. 
I mean, it's fine. Once you do it, you've done it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't do the tiki room a lot. Like, you know, if I want to get out of the heat, I'll go in. But it's you should at least do it. You need to at least do it once. Right, Dave? Oh, definitely. Okay. You should have done everything in Disney World once. How often do you get people on tour one to do Country Bear? In six years, I think I've done it twice. That's a very interesting thing to get from somebody doing a VIP tour. Can we uh, skip the line for Country Bear, please? Yes, you can. Yeah. I will I will make sure you have the best seats in the house. 100%. <laughs> uh, let's move on to uh, to the big, the bad, uh, the amazing uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, Mike, I'm going to start with you. Uh, this Disney finally nails one and knocks it out of the park with the original Pirates of the Caribbean, at least in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. And I was glad to see, I know some people are purists, I was glad to see Johnny Depp kind of put into the ride. Uh, his animatronic was great. I love the movie series. I watched them with the family. That was one of those things that uh, we were able to watch, uh, you know, as Sarah grew up, as Sammy grew up, and related to the parks, which is good. And it was nice to see that Johnny Depp transition into the ride so that they could kind of relate it and, and see it themselves from, you know, from the screen to the actual movie. And I think that was a fantastic way that they merged that. I think the way they placed them in the scenes was great too. So, um, and I obviously I'd been there before the, you know, before the Johnny Depp, uh, you know, put into the ride stuff so i definitely think that uh they definitely knocked it out of the park and that's probably one of my favorite uh movie attraction kind of merges and marriages uh yeah i look this for me disney finally gets it right and they don't just get it right they get it really really right with the first pirates we can him and hall for probably another hour on whether they uh continued to get it right as they moved into the second the third the fourth the fifth um i think it's hard to mix match up to that first one um craig where does that stand on your disney you know uh, it, it, that's the trophy is it in the front or are you moving that to the side to the back and of course we'll we'll move jungle cruise somewhere on that list too I will say, spoiler alert, uh, Jungle Cruise has gone above it. But I will say that I did just go back and watch Curse of the Black Pearl earlier this summer so because it's been a while mm -hmm. since I've seen it. And I wanted to to make sure that it was really living up to that standard that I saw so many years ago. And it does. I mean, it's just beautiful to watch. It's just one of those like classic adventure movies, basically take Treasure Island, throw it into Pirates of the Caribbean, and then uh, you, that's what you get. By the way. In the Midwest here, it's Caribbean as opposed to Caribbean. Really? Which, well, all you saying. Yeah. I've never heard someone say Caribbean here. It's Caribbean for us. What do you say, Dave? You're the odd one. It's Pirates of the Caribbean. Thank you. It's also, and they have actually started moving Caribbean Beach to Caribbean Beach. Are you um, really? Yes. The pronunciation I... of it, to my understanding, the pronunciation of it within the company now is Caribbean. Okay. That's one of those words that doesn't look like it's spelled right ever. <laughs> yes. You're right. You know, it's like every time I'm like, no, hold on. It's two B's, one R. Okay. That doesn't make sense. And then you're it's like, all oh. about the syllables, right? Caribbean as opposed to Caribbean, right? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I uh, guess. All of your Midwest there's, there's like a musical element happening now with Craig. Like, <laughs> yeah. Let's all do it together. I have a kid going Caribbean. I'm getting ready. Uh, um, <laughs> it's, it's definitely, it's definitely for me, Pirates is a fantastic, fantastic uh, addition to the, to the Disney, you know, the Disney catalog. I think, look, none of these other movies even if you go back to the great dinosaur that they tried to make Aww. off of the uh, the attraction uh none of these are haunted the the haunted uh um, what is it tower of terror they made that movie i never saw that one so it looked horrible 
that is one you have to go back and watch. Really? Because truly, it is way better than it ought to be. Steve Gutenberg is great. Uh, Kirsten Dunst is in that film. Um, it's it's cool, like because they didn't get the license for Twilight Zone, so they had to kind of maneuver around that. But they came up with a really cool story. For some reason or another, it's not on Disney Plus, uh, but you can find the DVD for like five dollars online. I might have to send you a copy because <laughs> Every- it is. Phenomenal. Every it's, Black it's Friday, directed. you can find it in one of those bins. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's directed by uh, DJ McHale, who also brought to life Are You Afraid of the Dark? So oh, I loved Are You Afraid of the Dark. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, really quickly, a um, couple of things on Pirates I wanted to mention. Um, next time you do a Disney cruise, mm-hmm. you should budget time following Pirates in the Caribbean deck party. Mm-hmm. for the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, movie, Curse of the Black Pearl, which is then played directly following on yeah. the big screen, up there on top of the ship, late night viewing of a movie. It is absolutely awesome to sit and relax. I have a... All right, it's right, we're getting way off topic. That's what we do. <laughs> I have a, uh, a ritual on Pirate Night that I do Palo that night because it's my least favorite menu of the okay. entire... Yep. The jerk chicken, yep. Yeah, it's just not great. And so I'm like, I would rather go to... So I'm normally somewhat dressed up, and then I come down, and then I have a nice glass of wine. I watch Pirates of the Caribbean, and then we'll sit out under the stars after some fireworks and sometimes watch a little bit. So yeah. it's... Uh, it's fa- And plus, it all clears out then. You can just relax. There's tons of space. So anyway, um, well, let's dive into the main topic. Let's dive into why we're here. All four... Mike, I didn't get your opinion on Pirates. But I guess did I? Did. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, So let's dive in why we're here. This uh, amazing new addition to the Disney catalog was released this past month, and it has been, or this month, and it, for me, was an absolute hit, and we will dive into it. Uh, Remember now, if you're still listening and you have not seen this movie, now's the time. Turn it off. Go watch it. Come back. Hang out with us, because we're going to get into some spoilers. Guys, Jungle Cruise starring the amazing... Rock, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> I thought you were uh, going to lead off with the amazing Emily Blunt and then go to Rock. Like. No, I have a man crush on 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 Dwayne Johnson, man. I have I, I have I just, an outright crush on Emily Blunt. Same. I love Emily Blunt too, <laughs> and she has been on an absolute tear recently. I mean, she, tear everything she touches turns to gold. It's gold. It's absolute gold. God with, bless her. Oh, uh, um, I. I mean, I really uh, loved her as Mary Poppins. Yep. I really, I loved, loved, loved um, a Silent Place, or so that's what it is, right? Quiet Place. Quiet Place. That's what it is. Uh, we we owned the first one. We saw the second one in theaters. It was the first movie we went back to in theaters, and uh, it was. Fan- I liked it. It's hard to match up to that first one. So anyway. Uh, those two leading the cast, but also the incredible Jack Whitehall. For those of you who don't know Jack Whitehall, he is a British comedian. Uh, he is on the cast as well. And Edgar Ramirez uh, coming up as Aguiar. Aguiar? Aguiar. Help me, Craig. Aguiar? That's right. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, guys, when they announced this movie, we had to wait longer than expected because of COVID to get this to finally come to where we can watch it. When they first announced it, what was your first thought, Craig, about this film and taking this beloved attraction that was such Walt Disney's baby and putting it on the big screen? Well, this again is where there's difference of opinions as far as attractions are concerned. I do enjoy the Jungle Cruise as an attraction, 
I am not someone that is absolutely in love with the Jungle Cruise. It's not something that I need to do every single time I go to the parks. It's not something that I'm like tripping over myself to watch vlogs on and all of that. I enjoy a good dad joke. Don't get me wrong. Uh, by the way, we have to talk about your Patreon <laughs> episode at some point, but uh, I do enjoy good dad jokes. But, you know, it just wasn't something that like really grabbed me. However, the casting of Emily Blunt really helped bring this along for me. Also, I knew that The Rock really does have a love for Disney and mm -hmm. for the parks. And so that helped as well. I knew the story about him growing up in Florida and going to Walt Disney World and that having an impact on him at a young age. And so, yeah, I was pretty excited about this because I think I would love to see more and more attraction-based movies because I do think that they can be done really well and they could be much more like a Pirates than they could be a Haunted Mansion. Uh, Dave, you were shaking your head. I think in either disappointment from Craig's comment that he does not like John Cruise, or just you're still absolutely upset with all of us that we put out that patron episode about dad joke with dad jokes last week, or maybe a little of both. Okay, the the patron episode of dad jokes was so bad it got amazing. <laughs> it, it turns that corner of is this that terrible? Oh no, it's that in, um, incredible. Like, um, no, I'm just I I. I don't know if I can participate now. I no longer respect Craig as a person. Like he, um, we've discussed that uh, Jungle Cruise is one of my favorite classic Disney attractions and is somewhere in my probably top five Disney attractions that exist. Eh, maybe top ten. Maybe just in like sixth or seventh. But even so, it is way, way up there on that list. And, and I... Yeah, it was day one of me being allowed to ride rides as a tour guide again. I like I don't think my the family that I had on tour wanted to do Jungle Cruise. And I went, oh, no, we're going on Jungle Cruise. Sorry, you don't get to choose. Like, we're doing this, okay? Because it's amazing. And I will very rarely sit out a Jungle Cruise. What's What was your opinion when you knew they were making this into a film? If they mess this up, I will riot. <laughs> that was my reaction. Like, yeah. you mess this up and I'm going to flip a table. Yeah. I will not cause a scene. I will cause a three-act play with an intermission. That is how big of a of a disgrace I will make. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. Uh, Mike, when you heard they were making this film, excited? A little hesitant? Uh, I was a little hesitant. I was actually so, I was actually hesitant on how well they were going to transition the actual ride and pull off the bad puns and bad jokes into the actual movie. I mean, I know you can do it, but uh, will they be able to do it so well, uh, which is the big question, because just like the movie, just like the ride, it's as good as your skipper. And your Jungle Cruise ride could be absolutely amazing if you have a great skipper, or it could be absolutely terrible if you have a skipper that's not so good with the delivery or just kind of phoning it in. Uh, the majority of the time, I've always had a good skipper, and I think that the director and the writer, we had a good skipper. Oh, I completely agree. Uh, so let's dive into the film a little bit, guys. Um, the opening of the film, for me, uh, I... This was the first time I was actually a little bit hesitant of the film. I thought, oh, okay, what are we getting here? Because you get a scene of Jack Whitehall sitting up, giving a speech, and you realize that immediately that Emily Blunt's character is the um, uh, Lily is the brains behind the outfit. Not only is she the brains, she's also the bronze. Like she is, she is 
like bad. She is awesome. Um, and you realize that they're both explorers. Uh, Lily more f- on her own. It's her thing. And uh, McGregor is definitely being pulled along. He's, he does not want to be there. Um, when you finally get, you know, Lily become she gets possession of the necklace. And then you finally get to where she needs a skipper to go deep into the jungle to, you know, reach the point that, uh, that, that she can find this uh, tree that will save lives all over the world. She can create medicine. You know, she's doing this for the, for the better good of humanity, not doing it for herself. Uh, so once she finally gets the necklace and now she needs her skipper, what was your first reaction, Dave, whenever you get that on-screen, uh, The Rock and Emily Blunt, you get Frank and you get Lily... The first time they meet, uh, of course, Frank is up to no good. He's faking who he is, uh, and Lily is just needs someone to take her down river. Um, I loved it. Um, as you were saying, like, there's a lot of exposition that happens in the first ten minutes of this movie. They mm-hmm. got through this backstory line and into um, establishing uh, Lily's character and. As you said, not only is she the brain, she's also the brawn. She's in the fight scene, all of that. And she lays out the plan and they got us like in 10 minutes onto the river. Um, and that introduction to Frank was great. Mm-hmm. Like, they, And he he just sets that tone of... I, I tell people when I ride the Jungle Cruise, you have until the joke about... Um, inspiration falls yeah to get me i can tell you what the remaining eight minutes of the journey is going to be like based on inspiration falls and if you can sell that you're gonna do great and he did such a good job like he he's rattling off the jokes some of them classic some of them um there was even a couple of jokes that i was like oh that's like a b material joke when you get stuck before you turn the final corner and they're like trying to figure out like like what else to say there was some b material jokes that even made an appearance and i was i was here for it yeah is for me that character and him because he's such an imposing figure and then to see him, and he's got these, the, all these British people on the boat that just want to go down the river and have this, have this, you know, uh, you know, experience. And it's all fake. Everything about Frank is fake. From the moment you meet him, he has, you know, materialized uh, everything on the river by himself. Um, I thought the way he played the jokes off was amazing like absolutely incredible um but also one of my favorite scenes at the beginning like you said i love the backstory of how we got to where we are you know what's what's the curse you know everything that's going on i'm glad they didn't drag that out because like craig was talking about before with loud and mansion that first 15 minutes feels like an eternity and for this i felt like it was a blink of an eye too dave um but one of my favorite parts of the intro, or the, when I say intro, the first 20 minutes of this movie, was uh, Lily's reaction to the jokes once they're on board. Where she's just like, is that supposed to be a joke? Can you stop, please? He's like, I can't turn it off. You know, Craig, first 20 minutes, you're starting to get the backstory. You're starting to get your introduction to these characters. Uh, Lily and Frank could not be more, you know, uh, they're not alike in any way. 
and now they're put onto this river with McGregor, and they're setting off on this journey that, you know, no one knows where it's going to take them. What was your opinion on those first 20 minutes? Yeah, well, you know, I even want to start before then, because there was a little bit of contention in our uh, review and recording of this movie. Did Disney actually fully dive in, and was that society that was rejecting her at the beginning, was that the Society of Explorers and Adventurers? Was that C? Yes. Okay. I think so. Because that's what I told Katie while we were watching it. Okay. It like it just it like it it's interesting that Disney decided to kind of put themselves down a little bit because Almost I think like a we're going to get a lot more C here in the next couple of years. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know that this is not the only John Cruise that's going to be coming out. We're oh, yeah. going to get sure. uh, future ones for sure. Um, it it's it's an interesting. You don't think so, Dave? It'll be interesting to see whether they're like we. You just said we could spend an entire episode discussing of the the ebb and flow of pirates, and that. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see did they learn anything from it. I hope no, so. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna put that out there now. I'm not. I don't have an opinion one way or the other. Okay. Well, but I mean, if we had pirates, Curse of the Black Pearl, as a standalone movie, it would be one of the greatest crowning achievements of the Disney branding. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Take I see where you're everything coming. else away. Take what we then like like take Captain Jack Sparrow running on a giant wheel through a forest three movies later out of the equation. <laughs> um and just Curse of the Black Pearl. Dude, money's money though. They're not yeah. going to turn down uh, those and box I, and I'm just, But I'm just curious. We might get a sequel. But I don't think we're going to get five. Uh, we'll see. All we'll right. see how The Rock was also in, like, what, five or six Fast and the Furious? So, I and mean, this he's, is also true. Yeah, let's... Uh, yeah, all right. And he's executive producing a ton of stuff on Disney+. Plus. So yes. you even think about, like, they're talking about a Magic Kingdoms kind of series and C being involved in that. But I just thought it was interesting. But yeah, as far as the first meeting goes, I just love the vibe of uh, old school classic film in The African Queen. You get that kind of like Bogart and Hepburn uh, look to this. And they like they clearly want to uh, have people identify it that way. If you've ever seen The African Queen, this looks very, like the costuming is basically the same thing. Um, but you get to see that. Now, I actually, Dave, because you, uh, again, I bow down to you because you like the Jungle Cruise more, but The Rock is kind of a dry delivery with his skipper-ness. Uh, now, I have seen some skippers that are much more excited about it, things like the backside of water, you know, as opposed to the backside of water. Is there, you know, is there a preference that you have for who, how you want your skipper to be? I just want my skipper to be good. I don't care. Okay. Like, <laughs> um, they can like, and that's the beauty of, but that's the beauty of that attraction yeah. is that, it, so one of the ways I usually compare this is when my wife and I go on a cruise just ourselves, we go on a carnival cruise because I like to gamble. I, I like to stand at a craps table and throw some dice. All right. And that and there's a moment when you're about to step onto the jungle cruise that you have the dice in your hand and you're about to take a shoot and you don't know like you don't know what you're gonna get. You don't know what this outcome is going to be. Um you're gambling on whether that 
uh, is going to be a good Jungle Cruise skipper each and every time you walk onto that dock. And that's what I love about it is that sometimes you'll get that dry delivery and that deadpan who is just staring at you going, I dare you to smile. And then you've got the other person who's the, hey, we got a song and dance going on. We got a. And there are moments where The Rock has a little bit of both. He's got that cheeky charisma mm-hmm. in some of his delivery. And then others, he's got the, the backside of water. Yep. The eighth wonder of the world. Like he, did, he walked that line mm-hmm. so well. I like, he obviously did a lot of. He obviously did a lot of research on how to do it and how it is delivered because there are, as you stated, different ways. Um, I want to get into some of the some of the uh, the secondary characters because one of the I don't know if you call him a villain, Mike. I think it would be he he plays the role perfectly, and that's Paul Giamatti mm-hmm. playing Nilo, uh, where he's this this like snarky like grubby nasty kind of money lender or money you know but i think he plays the part he's even sweaty and he's kind of got like pimples all over his face if you're um, talking paul giamatti and you don't throw to the italian first i'm gonna I have question to what's right, going on, right? Uh, he, the one thing is i would have liked to because i have a question for all of you that we're going to get into before we get down the river uh as we say um I would have liked to have seen more of Paul Giamatti in this movie. Were you shocked once he comes on screen that it's such a limited role? I don't know about shocked. Um, this movie translated a lot to me. I know I know, we've been comparing it to other movies. This movie had a very uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones kind of feel to me, how they were on an adventure. Uh, a lot of the Raiders of the Lost Ark movies have a lot of different characters. They have a lot of different people that have different personalities. For me, you know, for me in my age, when I grew up watching the, you know, Indiana Jones movies uh, with my parents growing up, and I got to watch this movie with Sammy, and I got to see her kind of partake in that adventure. And I think some of the characters with the different personalities plays a lot into the whole Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones type of series where you have all different kinds of goofy characters, whether it's anywhere from Sean Connery to, you know, some of the evil villains, you know, when they're going to look for the Ark and some of the, you know, some of the really bad guys that they come up against or some of the Temple of Doom guys because uh, I think there's a a large cast of characters and I think he was a great fit in that because uh, the way he was kind of slimy and gross and kind of like 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 a scowl himself was very similar to how The Rock was playing as Frank, as like, you know, as a scammer and almost like it, it kind of goes the territory of the actual river. Okay, let me give, uh, this is my question to you all, so think about it. I want you to give me one character this movie could have done without. Okay? Because we're about to get into the movie and I think it's going to be mostly all positive. So I want you to think about this for a second. Think of one character this movie could have could have done without. And I think you may agree with me. I I love Jesse Plemons. I love Jesse Plemons in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he's a, I think he's a fantastic actor. Actor Prince, Prince Joaquin for me was a character that was completely not needed to tell this story. Does anyone, Craig, shaking your head, you agree with me? 100%. That, you know, and I love Jesse Plemons. If you have not seen Game Night, again, not family-friendly at all. Oh, it's so Game good. Game Night oh, is fantastic. Yeah. But he was just uh, he was just not great in this movie. It was just like, I think he was trying to like, um, 
to kind of go like that Claude Rains sort of like over the top villain, but it just wasn't working for me at all in this film. Dude, it took away from the film. That's the uh, this is my only complaint with this film. The other villains that which we're going to get to, they sufficed enough for what I needed as a, you know, antagonist for these main characters. I didn't need him. Uh, here's here's the thing. I think his portrayal of it, his interpretation of that character was too showy. It was too f- I, it was fake. I don't want to say flamboyant, but it was very airy in I didn't his, need the accent. I didn't need the accent. <laughs> but if it had been to go back to Mike's point of view earlier, if it had been an imposing German admiral style from Raiders of the Lost Ark or something like that, who played it very straight up and down could have changed. But as you said, there was already villains in the form of people I can't pronounce the names of. Yeah. Don't you think though, that for this character, they almost portrayed this villain as like a comedic relief or he portrayed it as that. Yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. No, it didn't need to be a comedic relief, 100%. And that's part of the beauty of what Paul Giamatti was doing, to See, circle I think, back to where he yes. was. I think Paul Giamatti he, could have played that part. Mm-hmm. Oh, and not pursuing not, it not as well. A, well, he, that's all it is. He's, he's a money-hungry person. He finds out that he can you know, have this thing that's greater than any currency on planet Earth, and he goes after it. And he okay. is the one who does it. I think you could complete the, the whole thing. When I first saw the um, submarine, I was like, oh, come on. But when it destroys that dock is really cool. That is cool. Yeah. And hey, that gives really the rock quickly, some time to be some action. So here's the thing I wanted to say on Paul Giamatti is I think his amount of screen time was actually perfect because if Paul Giamatti is given too much screen time, we wind up with sideways and nobody needs that again in their life. Okay. I've never so, seen it. Should I see it? Yeah. Craig's laughing. And there's Probably not. six other people that listen to this uh, podcast that get that reference. Okay. We don't need that again. Paul Giamatti is like a Stanley Tucci. Um, okay. He plays, okay. That's he plays those character roles and those bit parts really well. You need those 14 minutes of screen time total over the course of the movie. And other than that, I don't know if we need too much of them. Well, let me move us along because I love him in billions, <laughs> but I want to keep us going down the river. All right. uh, Mike, if you, if you agree with us, that's probably the one character we could do without. Oh, yeah. I didn't like him at all. He kind of, that was kind of like, whenever his scenes would come up, I'm like, oh, where is this going to go? I wasn't happy with him. Um, I don't know if it should have been more of a serious character. I mean, did you want a more serious villain like like Christopher Waltz from The Inglorious Bastards? Because he was like a typical German, like real staunch, really, really bad guy. Did you want to go that route? Or did you want to keep it kind of humorous and funny? I, he kind of took me out of the scenes. That's probably my biggest complaint about the movie was I don't think he was, I don't, I don't want to say cast right, but I don't think it was written into the story well. I agree, 100%. Uh, Craig, let's move along. Um, and why don't you pick up and let's talk a little bit about, now that we're going down the river, you start to learn what they're after. Um, the story starts to come together. How do you think they did with moving the story along with the uh, the artifacts and the map? 
Um, and let's talk a little bit about you finally get to meet uh, the amazing Trader Sam. I thought uh, Trader Sam to me was handled so, so well. It was so great because, you know, there's there's a little bit of controversy out there right now. Like they're changing it within the Disney parks and we didn't know how Trader Sam was going to be portrayed. And so I thought it was great that Frank is essentially conning his people that he's mm -hmm. taking on the Jungle Cruise. Because if you think about it, the way that it's portrayed throughout the entire movie is that this is kind of a con in a way. Now, we all know we're in on the con because we know the Jungle Cruise is supposed to be all these puns and things like that. But truly, the people that he's taking down the Amazon, they're going for like this jungle adventure. And they're seeing all of these, even in some of the movies, you're seeing some of the animatronics. And then you're also seeing things like the backside of water, which I, I hate to break it to anybody out there, but it's the same as the front side of water. You know, all those things like that you get to see. But I will say that the to me, it got a little bit convoluted. And I think it really is primarily because of the villains um, and their different subplots with the mercenaries and then also with Jesse Plemons' character, the mm -hmm. prince coming after them. Um, but overall, I thought it was a fun adventure. You know, it it took me back to, I think Mike mentioned earlier, those Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of feels that you get to just enjoy a summer uh, movie. I even remember like Romancing the Stone. It had kind of some of those vibes to it too. I absolutely love adventure as a genre. And this uh, really hit all those notes very well and then uh, led us to finding those petals, right? And also the big reveal. And I guess... I don't, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk, Let's get into the big reveal, Craig. I, say, I don't want to like... But were any of you shocked? Because honestly, I was kind of like, oh, good job, Disney. They had a turn that I wasn't expecting. Were, did any of you expect the turn that this movie had? I was absolutely blown away that they were able to get me with this film. Yeah. Like, I did not expect there to be a twist like that. Uh, I was... Okay. And when it happens, too, you're like, what? No, I actually that paused was the, the movie moment. and I said, there's still an hour and like 10 minutes left in this film. Exactly. And I went, there ha there's about to be a twist because there's an hour and 10 minutes left in this film. They can't kill off the rock. Well, and, and with get, an hour left in the movie, you get these and preemptive went, things oh, too. Hold on a second. Yeah, you get these preemptive things that now that I've watched it once and twice, I've watched it a second time, where you know the rock is on uh, on the river and he says, you know, I I can't leave the river. You know, now I've been here and I can't leave the river. And you find out it's because of the curse. You know, he cannot be far away from the river at any point. Um, and and you finally, you know, when they when they meet Trader Sam, you finally truly truly get introduced to these. I, what I'm going to say is the the actual villains. Um, they were the conquistadors. That you find out that the Rock is was one of the conquistadors. He's been dead for you know how long was it? I can't even remember if they even said an actual four hundred years. Four hundred years. Yeah. 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 And so you find out that he's a part of them, but because you know he uh, he saved the day really in in the long run like he was the good guy of this uh and he led them into being trapped in this cave uh for me this is when the movie really starts and i think this is when the casting of aguar is fantastic now one more gripe okay i could have done with a little less cgi mm-hmm I think some of the parts, like when you had his pet cat, to me that CGI didn't even look good. 
Did you notice it? Did anybody else notice it? Completely agree with you. And actually, we we had a big long conversation too about where were they trying to make it more kiddy um, and less intimidating from that perspective. But I do think that you know they had a two hundred million dollar budget on this. I think that. They just spent it elsewhere. But yeah, it was 400 years. Uh, and now you know exactly how long it would take for any of us to look like The Rock. If we had 400 years <laughs> of just sitting there pumping iron, then... By the way, your listeners don't know this. This is the first time I'm on this Zoom call. Watching Dave during these, how do you guys <laughs> not die laughing? I mean, yeah. like his gestures during all of this, it's I incredible. talk with my hands like, and my... Yeah. I mean, it is so. I I feel like you need to put this video out sometime just so people understand it. I don't know if they can keep it. Sometimes, PG, sometimes we have to remind him it is an audio podcast because sometimes <laughs> he'll forget and he'll just make expressions, and I'm like, they can't see your expressions. Okay, you have to talk. Uh, this is an audio show. Um, yeah, man, it was just I don't know. Like when I first saw the cat, I thought, eh. It looks audio like or it looks audio trying. It looks really CGI. And then as far as the villain, and now look, I'm nitpicking here. I'm like super nitpicking things to, to be able to have anything that I didn't like about this film. Um, the when you look at Aguiar, and each of the villains had a certain thing that they what would you call it, Craig? Like they were a curse. Yeah, it was like a different they're cursed curse. with. One of them was nightmare fuel for me. I'm not into bees at bees. all. So that was terrifying. Thank you, I like Disney. when she punches him and her hands just all honey, you know, from yeah. the from the bee's head. No, it was all terrible. Everything about that character was terrible. Uh, the snakes, Aguiar is snakes, so he is made of snakes. Um, I think there was a tree guy, a branch, like he was just branches uh, from all the trees. The Rock had a terrible wig to begin with, so oh, his curse yeah. was just losing his hair. Uh, it, and I don't think it's a curse. I think that was a blessing. Did you see that? <laughs> that? That was absolutely horrible hair. Um, but, you know, you get all these. And that's another thing, too. Like, I could have maybe done without that. I could have done with them just almost being these conquistadors that are almost like zombified or, you know, stuff like that. So, um, But that, like I said, that is me nitpicking. Um, let's, Mike, when you, when you saw them, do you agree? It was Was it a little much or you think it's spot on? You think they nailed it? I think like we've discussed, I think it was to keep it kid friendly. I think because you didn't want to go too mm, over yeah. the top with making it, you know, too too I mean, listen, the Jungle Cruise is a fun ride. A lot of kids get to do it. It's it's one of those rides that there's really no height requirement for that, so anyone can do it. And you want the kids to relate. And I think they kept it down to that not so evilness to uh to kind of play it to a lot of other people. I mean, because you know, pirates could go the other way also. I mean, pirates you could make, you know, pretty scary and, and and doom and gloom but i think they did it i think they did it purposefully that way to keep it from being too over the top for the kids and to keep it to a broad spectrum of the family and i think they kind of looked at it like the movie's going to be good enough that we can not have to rely on that to be a you know to knock the the, the story out of the park what what age group do you think this is good for if you were going to start a kid because here's the thing i was listening i listened to a uh, a show about halloween horror nights at universal right and you're talking the scariest stuff, you know, imaginable they're talking about. And they were talking a little bit about Jungle Cruise and they said, there was a few jump scares that got me. And I'm like, where? Yeah. I didn't see it. 
Did you have any jump scares, Craig? No, I would just say, uh, you know, my guy is a bit, uh, he really dives into things and then overanalyzes them in his mind and gets creeped out by them or whatever mm. the case may be. I would say he would be ready to watch this probably at like eight or nine years old. He's yeah. five right now. Um, but I don't have a frame of reference for saying, I mean, you, you know, you obviously got that uh, nine-year-old market cornered, <laughs> right? So. Well, Riley's ridiculous. Like she watched Walking Dead with me starting like seven. But she's <laughs> right. she's insane. Like she literally has. I know. Don't look at me like I'm a bad parent, Dave. You stop it right now. <laughs> we watch UFC together too. Um. Anyway, uh, that's just what we do. Um. Let's let's move on. So you think hey, like eight? Uh, nine, hold on, really quickly. Dave, yeah. Um. I wanted to jump in on that. But you talked about the age groups. My wife initially was like, "Oh, do you want to take Charlotte, my five year old daughter?" to see this and then um because of work and all of that i had to rush watching it and i bought it on disney plus and over the couple of days the last couple of days i made sure i'd seen it so i knew what we were talking about and then i went no i do <laughs> not want to take my five-year-old to see this like that's that's there's some pretty creepy moments where those snakes are coming out and those bees are attacking and like and his face is like shifting with the honey yeah i was like I was like, no, I am. I'm not waking up at 3 a.m. because I took her to see Jungle Cruise. Well, I don't need that in my life. So, no to a five year old. That's all I'm saying. It's got some adult humor in it, too. Like, only adults are going to get it. Like, Jack Whitehall has some lines in the film where you're like, oh, I get it. Okay. You got, I, like, he's got some really you good one liners yeah. where I'm like, oh, okay. I see what you did there. Okay. Uh, so, there's, there's some good adult humor in there as well. Um, Craig, let's talk a little bit about the ending of the movie. You know, you you they finally make it to their destination and and they are going after what they want. And I think we finally I think my favorite scene is not an action scene of this movie. My favorite scene in this movie is when The Rock and Emily Blunt are it, it, having an in-depth conversation. She knows that he's cursed. She knows that, you know, if they break the curse, that he will have to make a choice. And he says to her, uh, I choose to rest. And she says, you don't have to. Why? And he goes, because for the new things you've seen, I've seen a thousand times. And I choose to rest. And you see her disappointed because she really doesn't like him. For the first, I love that she calls him Skippy, by the way. Uh, she really doesn't like him for the majority of this movie. She starts to, you know, fall for him and, and as it goes. But Craig, take me to the end of this movie where, you know, they have their their fight scene and, you know, now decisions are having to be made about what is going to happen. I really enjoyed how it all came to conclusion. I mean, you you find the pedals and the pedals have always been kind of this weird like MacGuffin-y kind of thing where it's like, oh, well, what are they actually there to do? But um, it was nice to see it come to a good conclusion. It reminded me so much of things like Indy and the Last Crusade, you know, that whole like mm. self-sacrificing mm -hmm. kind of nature of it. And that's sort of what it brought me back to again. And it was, you know, it's almost like with a film like this to me, it really isn't about the destination. It is so much about the journey. And to me, I was so bought into these characters that they could have ended it in any way and I would have been on board with it. Um, I do love that the last line of the film is uh, essentially Emily Blunt doing some kind of rendition of a Jungle Cruise type of joke. Uh, it, like it really enjoy I really enjoyed how it all came to, came to be. Yep. Uh, Mike, in ending of the movie, 
as we're looking back, what was your favorite part of this entire movie? Uh, I think the I think the banter between I think the relationship between Emily Blunt and The Rock I think like you said he like the way she calls him Skippy and he calls her pants I think they have that you know that 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 chemistry between them uh, obviously the storyline was good but I really enjoyed watching the two of them play off each other uh, the other supporting characters were great and they obviously added to it a lot but I think that there I think if they're gonna continue this going on further movies if we, you know we had a little discussion before the two of them have to be in it together I think one doesn't work with without the other and I think that my favorite part of the movie was the dynamic between those two and the way they played off each other and I think that the casting was perfect with that and I think they did a really good job of uh, meshing their person personalities and really coming together as a and really tied the movie together because of their difference in personalities I am shocked that is your favorite part really I thought you would say soundtrack here's why did oh, Metallica. anyone notice yes yes oh yeah nothing well, else of matters like as the as the as soundtrack the, from the beginning and the end, they, they had the, yeah at no, the well, beginning and the end. Yes, they had uh, twice. A lot of people didn't recognize that's Metallica. Nothing else matters. That they they're did change a couple of the, the the notes guitar. in there. I wonder if they didn't have the copyrights to that because I listened. I was listening to the the intro and there was a couple of because I know the obviously I know the Metallica song very yeah. very well. There was a couple of spots where they changed it up a little bit. And I thought they were doing one of those little Queen Vanilla Ice things, doon, 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 you know, when they, when they moved around <laughs> a little bit just so they could get away from not paying Metallica. So. Uh, so yeah, so well, I, I think they might have changed it up a few notes here and there. Metallica is listed on the credits. Okay, so then whoever did it by Metallica. Okay. So. Maybe maybe it was things that had been consumed in the, the various times that Mike has actually listened to that song <laughs> dun, 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 dun. in yeah. his room and live. That's what, still one of my favorite arguments in any courtroom. It goes, <laughs> no, no, no. It went dun, 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 dun. You know, it's like, oh, okay, gotcha. Dun, 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 uh, ticka, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, your favorite part of this movie, man. I just and love And give me how... your overall your overall feelings. You know, yeah, I, th I think... Uh, Here's the thing, is I liked this movie. Um, I Craig said that it, early on in the piece that it bumped out um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. I don't know if it necessarily did for me. I really enjoyed this movie. I liked it. Um, I thought they did a good job. Um, I thought it ticked all the boxes of what was anticipated, but it also had some surprises in it. Um, I... I really enjoyed McGregor's character. Um, and and we've seen um, Jack Hanna in... Um, is that his name? In um, John Which Hanna, one? sorry. In John Hanna. The Mummy. Sorry, took me a second. Uh, John Hanna in The Mummy. Um, it, it, almost that brother, that like weaselly little, little brother kind of oh, character. Yeah. We've seen it before, yeah. but I really liked his interpretation of it. I thought Disney uh, also um, dipped their toe into an interesting conversation um, with uh, allusions to um, his role in society yeah. um, and mm -hmm. him being ostracized due to his sexual preference um, and without without making a big deal of it, without like blowing it out of proportion and they addressed it in the right way for that time period. Can we just um, say how, how good Jack something... Whitehall was in this? He, he was great. Uh, yep. Very impressed. Loved it. Um, so I think he might actually be one of my favorite parts of the movie, uh, overall, but I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um, and, um, 
And yeah, just their ability to walk that line of of appeasing the traditionalists that needed the humor and needed it done well, and also creating a good movie, an action movie that engaged you with characters. Um, it ticked a lot of boxes. The first 15 minutes was complete grandstanding for people like Dave and I. That's all. 100%. That's all it was. I mean, it was like, okay, let's just get this out of the way. You know what I mean? And here's the thing is if they hadn't done that, I, I, I would have, I would have already checked out. Yeah. It would throw your it hands needed in the air. to happen yeah. at that moment. <laughs> like, and here's the thing is that it then, it then continued. It wasn't something that they just did once mm-hmm. and, and you were, and you felt you'd done a Jungle Cruise and it was over. It became a part of his character where he was still making dumb jokes an hour and a half into the movie. Yeah. Like, and you were like, ah. ah I see what you did there. I see. So if you're going to give me a grade A, B, C, D, E, or F, right? Yeah, I think we, I don't think we do E's. I was doing the Australian. A, B, C, D, or F. What do you, uh, the alphabet's good. I'm good at those first couple letters, man. So I just like, like to rattle this them off. is. This is way, way up there. This is a solid B plus. Okay. All right. All like, right. yeah. Like this is, I, I'd give yeah, maybe an A minus somewhere right there. I'm like, gonna, yeah, I agree. There, there's a couple of things that I might've engaged me a little bit more that I probably could have, but, and maybe that um, villain character brought it down a little bit for me. So, but yeah, I loved it. Okay. Mike, where are you at? Final, final thoughts and give me a grade on the film. Uh, a minus and uh in the Siskel and Ebert days, in my old days of watching the uh, at the movies, I'm going to give it two thumbs up. Uh, I don't know who that is. You don't know who Siskel and Ebert is? <laughs> no, I do. I oh. just wanted to make you feel old. <laughs> yeah, I give uh, it two, two thumbs, thumbs up, up and an A minus. Nice, very good, uh, Craig. Uh, I was able to read one of your posts uh, talking about this film, so I, I know where you stand. Uh, give me your final thoughts and your grade for this film. Absolutely. You know, I'd say write it an A for me. I really enjoyed this, and I think that I would. You know, it's right there with Pirates. I, I would probably watch this more. I feel like there's more repeat value in watching this over and over again, and, and I certainly intend to. And you know, um, to Dave's point earlier about McGregor in particular, it's just cool because uh, as a cast member, you know that there's the uh, that the inclusiveness is a new key uh, with Disney, and I think that that's very cool that they brought it into the film as well. Um, just overall, it was a really great, solid film. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and I love the way The Rock on that scene just says, well, cheers to, you know, it's amazing. To elsewhere. To elsewhere. It's mm-hmm. just a fantastic line. Yep. Um, yeah, I, you know what? I agree with you guys. I think this movie was a lot of fun. I think, like you say, Craig, I do believe it has more rewatchability than Pirates. Pirates, for me, the first one, wait, Dave, I'm going to do it. The Pirates, for me, the first one, uh, had more dialogue-driven scenes than I think Jungle Cruise did. I think the Jungle Cruise moved a little quicker for me. Um, but the Jungle Cruise also had 75 more characters than Pirates did. Uh, and a couple of them are not needed. So for me, I'm going to give it an A- minus because uh, I think they just got... They started throwing spaghetti against the wall and a lot of spaghetti stuck. And some of those noodles should have fallen off. Uh, but for me, it's an A-. minus. It's fantastic. And I, look, I think, once again, they knocked one out of the park. And I hope they continue to do this over and over again. I'll take two or three more Joan Cruises. Put The Rock and you put Emily Blunt on screen and let's keep doing it. Very good. 
you know, if you whether you go to the movies, whether you go to see it at home, you know, the, the funny jokes are there. And one of the things he talks about is the backside of water. And if you're on the Jungle Cruise, when you're doing when you're going around that tour, take a picture of the backside of water. When you have a picture of that backside of water, post it to our Facebook page because we have a great Facebook page that has amazing pictures. That brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Craig, it's great having you on this this week. And uh, since you're our guest, why don't you tell me what's your pick of the week? Well, you know, I am representing the Midwest here. I'm in Illinois, but right next to us is Marceline, Missouri. So I have to go to Michaela Cullen Altenhofen. I believe I said that correctly. You did, nailed uh, it. Yep. But Jeff Barnes was there just the other night giving a talk. And that's someone that I know you all have had on your show before. I love his wisdom of Walt books. And it's just cool. Uh, I have not been to Marceline, Missouri yet. I It is three hours away from my house. There is no reason I've not visited, uh, but I will be there as soon as humanly possible. And I'm jealous that Michaela got to see that uh, presentation from Jeff. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Jeff reached out today. Uh, he sent me a f- uh, message on Messenger and just said, I ran into some of the people from your podcast and they uh, they really loved your show. And I was like, you know, I'm just glad they got to see you. You know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> Jeff's a great friend of the show, man. Uh, absolutely love that guy. So yeah, and Michaela, they had a, it looks like a great time there. So very cool. Justin, what's your pick of the week? You know, what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go VIP tour guide style. I'm going to Irene Smith and I am going in my my uh my time hopper back to 1979 and she said today august 10th marks our anniversary of our first trip to disneyland happy anniversary uh, it was our honeymoon we did a tour guide through the park uh dave i love and actually when you're in disneyland they still wear the hats they still wear the old school uh you want me to there. wear a hat i don't want you? you to wear i want you to wear that whole thing skirt hat all of it so uh, oh i look great in that i bet you would uh i had a tour guide when i was in disneyland um not for the entire day but i did one of the tours i did the walking on walt's footsteps tour where i was able to go into walt disney's apartment and uh stand in the glory that is above the firehouse uh so i absolutely love seeing the throwback picture that was such an important part of Disneyland for Walt Disney is the VIP tour guides, as someone on this podcast knows. Very good. Speaking of VIP tour guides, uh, Dave, what's your pick of the week? Um, well, I want to give, like, you can go on a VIP tour in, and have somebody wear the hat and all of that. I want to sit and look through Irene's projectors, the slides. Uh, oh, yeah. Irene's husband uh, also got posted. Uh, Irene Smith uh, posted again um, with slides, and very fittingly, there is one uh, that is labeled Schweitzer Falls, um, and um, and just amazing slides from 1972 uh, in Disneyland would be like I would be a kid in a candy store. Give me an old school projector. And the ability to sit down and like dissect them and look at them. Um, and then uh, the only other honorable mention that I wanted to make was uh, not even a, a, um, a photo per se, but just a nice little post um, four words long where Chris Ryan Vasquez decided to say, hello. I'm new here. <laughs> and I, 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 I thought that. it was great. I didn't see that. And yeah, it's, it's fabulous. It's just, um, that is how to be welcomed into this group of people. Because if you've listened <laughs> to this podcast, you know that that's going to go down well. Um, just be like, 
Hi. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm here for it. Who Thanks, was that? Chris. What's his name? Chris Ryan Vasquez. New Chris Ryan Vasquez. Hello, I am host here. Uh, <laughs> and we're excited to have you. So that's uh, that's really good. Mike, what about you, Dodie? Uh, my pick of the week is going to go to Christine Roche. And she took a picture of her daughter. Sweet 16. Happy Sweet 16 to you on the bus on her way to Magic Kingdom. And they also had something to eat over in Viennapoli. And uh, chicken parm looks great. And uh, anytime you put Italian food, you got my heart. So happy birthday to you. And I hope you have a great time down in magic kingdom and all around disney world during your birthday i absolutely love it uh guys of course right below this you can click any of those links to uh reach us on our emails uh of course if you'd like to become a part of the patron support the show for as little as two dollars a month you can get access to all the amazing content that comes out like craig was mentioning with our disney dad's joke contest last week uh there is all right there so click those and of course if you like the show Help us out with that virtual hug. Go and slap us five stars. Leave us that great review. That is how we grow the show, reach more and more people each and every week to try to be the most positive, fun-loving Disney community around. Uh, Guys, I've had an absolute blast. Uh, Craig, I can't thank you enough. I've told many people many times, I will never forget four years ago when three guys decided to start a silly Disney podcast based around uh, Disney and family, then one of the first people that sent me a message, complete stranger we had never met, uh, was Craig McFarland. And he reached out to me and he said, welcome to the podcast community. If at any time I can help or if you need anything, I'm here. Uh, I have never forgotten that message. And, uh, and you've been a friend for four years that I reach out to and chat with, and I appreciate you so, so much. Uh, Brother, please, please, please plug everything you've got going on, because it is quite a bit, uh, and uh, I am so excited always to, uh, to get to spend time with you. Absolutely. You know, we thank you so much. And it was, you know, it's just been a joy to have you in my podcast feed. It's been uh, great to listen to the show evolve and what it's all doing now, because it's just a wonderful thing to listen to every single week. Uh, We have a lot going on at the Frontrunner Network. We also have a lot going on uh, at Beyond the Mouse. So Beyond the Mouse is our Disney-themed show. We do kind of the parks. We do also some interviews. We've had some uh, Disney legends on for interviews. And I will tell you, this is probably the biggest tease I'll ever give. But the day that this comes out to your general audience, not the patrons, uh, we are in the middle of the biggest interview we've ever booked. And so I'll tell you all what that is after. uh, But we are very excited, (laughs) hopefully now, knocking on all sorts of wood that it doesn't fall through but uh it's just great over there so please check us out you can check us out on beyond the mouse (laughs) and uh we just have a really good time talking all things disney uh also i should mention we have a guest star coming up on our peanut butter and biscuits a ted lasso podcast so if you are into ted lasso justin's going to be joining us very soon to talk about one of the episodes in season two of ted lasso so certainly go and check out peanut butter and biscuits as well. I just got my Ted Lasso shirts in yesterday. I got um, Be a Goldfish, of course, which I should have worn soccer tonight. I have soccer on Wednesday. I think I'll, uh, I think I'll wear that one. Uh, I got, I got a few different ones, so I'll have to. I'll, I'll rock a new one whenever we do that show. I am so excited. For those of you who have not watched Ted Lasso, we've mentioned some stuff tonight that is uh, definitely not kid appropriate. But if you want to feel great about yourself. If you need a pick-me-up, which a lot of people do right now, please, please, please get Apple TV. Please go check out Ted Lasso because it is, I think, one of the best shows in the past decade. It's just fantastic. Be curious and not judgmental. 
be curious and not judgmental and be a goldfish, my friend. That's right. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, Dave, closing words, brother. I feel like we have left our listeners tonight with a large array of research to do because from <laughs> from some of the like deep cuts that got mentioned and weird movie references that we alluded to and sidetracked conversations that we got into and just also country bears um <laughs> Um, I feel like we have, we've, in order to follow this podcast tonight, not only do you have needed to watch, um, Jungle Cruise, but you also need to like go and watch like six other movies just to try to keep up with what was going on. Uh, Craig, you're br- uh, like, I consider myself a little bit of a movie buff. I'm not, I, by a, no means am I a, please call me so I can dissect something on a molecular level of movie knowledge, but, um, I at least am able to follow along with uh, most of those conversations and your breadth of knowledge and um, references to things like um, when you dropped in the moment uh, talking about uh, throwbacks to um, the African queen and things like that. Um, I was like, I was like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah, there's like, and that's definitely what they were aiming to transport you to. And I don't think I even got there. I love some of those classic movies, but just, I, and that's once again, the beauty of the way Disney will tell a story is sometimes you're taken to those places without even realizing, uh, what you're pulling back to. Um, but yeah, so go and like, go and watch a bunch of other movies to also try to keep up with this one. Yeah, man. You all do got some homework, that's for sure. Uh, Mike, closing words, brother. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Craig, thank you so much for taking this ride down the river with us tonight. Uh, it was great having you on the show. It's great to hear that extra little movie insight because you're such a professional with that. And uh, I had a blast. And like I said, Justin said before, anytime you're welcome on our show, we love having you on. It was a great pleasure having you on. And uh, I had a great time tonight. You know, this is a new journey for us, Craig. We, uh, we before, have for, for 282 episodes uh, with all the shows we've done, have either been park history, Walt Disney history, or just the parks in general. So now that we're trying to branch out a little into the into the screen side of things, uh, this has been a great introduction, and having you on has been such a pleasure. And I look forward to it being many, many more times. Uh, patron family, stick around. Uh, for you, we have a lot of fun. Uh, we are going to make up for that, uh, for that last patron episode with the... The, uh, the dad jokes, which I think I think it came out better than than what we thought. What do you think, Craig? Uh, you know, I I did immediately text you and ask for my two dollars a month back. <laughs> I will say, uh, you can't. You all don't pitch yourself enough because really the patron episodes are well worth it every single month. I'm able to say this because I spend it. So uh, it is truly worth supporting this show. It takes an awful lot to put a podcast together. Trust me, I know. And the, the fact that you're doing these extras for the patrons every single month, well worth it. That group of people that you have in that Facebook group all wonderful from all mm-hmm. over the the country. I've got people like Dan Rossi who's in Illinois, uh, but then you've got other people that are just coming together and being able to, uh, you know, connect in a way. Like I talk to Greg Woods almost every other day, and he's over in Oregon, I believe. So it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, it's really cool the community that you've all built. So if you are listening to this and you're in the cheap seats right now, upgrade to the. Uh, loge or the mezzanine area right and and do that patron episode for sure because you get to hear more of me if anything come come hang out with me again and you 100 percent do and not just that we do a lot of live stuff where craig's on so uh so we hang out um well patron stick around because this week 
we have 80s cartoon theme song intros bracket. So we are going to bust them down. We are going to move on to that. For everyone else, have an amazing week. Spread some Disney cheer. Make someone happy. And if you're having a tough day, be a goldfish. Uh, And we appreciate each and every one of you. Until next time, guys, we will see you real soon. Have a good night, everybody. Cheers. Have a good night. From Mike, Justin, and myself, we want to say thank you And remember, always keep it Disney. And they all live happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the wonder... And that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.